Well, welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports by RNA Media. We're so glad that you're tuning in again on this Monday. Uh, had a long weekend of football and a lot to get to, a lot to cover. And not all of it was good football. So, uh, let's see what the show holds. I, like, I don't even know what to expect about some of this analysis. Um, but, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll start out and go from there. Uh, so let's start out with the game that we covered. Dangerfield versus Timpson. You had a top 3A Division 2 team facing the number 1 2A Division 1 team in the state of Texas. And Dangerfield falls at home 54-28. to And from what we can gather, that is the largest Dangerfield home loss in about 5 or 6 years probably. Well, no. Uh, I'd say it's closer to maybe 3 years. 3 okay. to 4. But... Either way, that was a bad game for Dangerfield. I mean, they looked great in the first half. Uh, things were clicking then, and but I don't know what Timpson did at halftime or what their coach showed them because they came out. I mean, a quarterback, um, like I said, I haven't seen a quarterback like Timpson has since, you know, Pittsburgh's uh, Jalen Jimerson, mm-hmm. you know, 2018 year. Uh, and and then uh, Mount Pleasant's Munchie uh, Munchie James, you know, um, I haven't seen a quarterback just run over a team, run all over teams like a team like that since then, and that's been a good f- four years for Pittsburgh, and I think since 2012 for Mount Pleasant, uh, it's been a while. And Timson's quarterback, I mean, I, I don't have any other words for him. I mean, other than just man, he's an outstanding athlete, and he was hard to stop. Uh, hard to bring down. They would just, you know, slip, you know, falling off of them. Well, unless somebody make the mistake of saying that Tenson's a one-man show, I mean, he's got a good surrounding cast. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's far from one-trick pony, but he is definitely the dude. Uh, and, and we were trying to get a name on him. I'm going to look up their roster real quick because yeah. we, we got a name and then I didn't write it down. Yeah. But the, I, I want to give props uh, to this young man because I mean he he is a special athlete and you can tell he's got that field presence to him the team follows him he is the commander in chief of that offense and he does a, a great job on defense too I mean he's not one of those that phones it in when they put him on the other side of the ball at all no no and uh, that's another thing on the other side of the ball he played a good um uh great side uh, game on defense you know he played. What safety? Yes, he and it was hard safety. for it was hard for Dangerfield to throw most of the time on his side or whatever side he was on, because I mean the guy just had closing speed. It wasn't it wasn't much that could get past him, by him, or it wasn't much that could catch up to him. I mean, I mean it's just he he played a great game, and when you have quarterbacks like that, just like you know you said, Riley is it's far from a one man show with Timpson because there were. Uh, times in the game where he did throw, and you know his wide receiver, wide receivers did a great job as well as far as, as far as making plays on the ball, uh, and that's one thing you know you see um, with most teams is you know they have receivers that don't make plays on the ball. You know you may have a good quarterback, and he may put it you know wherever, and they still can't make a play on the ball. But that wasn't so with Timson. This guy put the ball wherever he wanted. And his receivers made the play. Uh, Terry Bussey is that kid's name. And he is an athlete. Man, that, 
I don't think athlete is the word. That's. <laughs> well, well I, I told y'all before the game. So, so Coach Jed Whitaker told me one time. He said, "Riley, there's athletes and there's affamilites, and you're not stopping affamilites, and he's one of those. <laughs> I mean, he is it. You, you're not stopping that kid. He's very, very good. Um, and, and I, I applaud him because he kept his. School. He didn't do anything outlandish. I mean, he just played football. Right. Uh, and there was a couple places he could have showed up Dangerfield if he had oh, yes. so chosen. And he didn't do that. But, you know, after seeing the game, that was more about how good Timpson was than it was about Dangerfield. Right. Um, it, you know, despite what the Dangerfield faithful may think, the world is not falling down around them. Not at uh, all. They, they are yeah. probably still going to win a state championship this season. And it's like, it reminded me, and I like, uh, I, I saw where somebody commented, and I like this, it reminded me of the years that they would go play Gilmer, and Gilmer, you know, would just like demolish them. Yeah. And then everybody would say, oh, we, we're terrible. And then they'd go win every game after that. Yeah. Like, I, I felt that way about this ball game. Now, you, we're going to uh, look at the upcoming schedule. They do have a, a tough opponent in center this week. But, having said that, uh, Dangerfield's still a very talented football team. Oh, yeah, by far. And, you know, even though, you know, they had a, a few uh, mistakes, costly mistakes, mm-hmm. uh, but, you that know. That kick before halftime. Yes, it was, that changed the momentum of the game. And, and I don't, you know, so we were, because of just the, the numerous crews that were there, we weren't able to get an interview with Coach Nelson or I would have asked him. And I, don't, I haven't seen where anybody asked him this question. But for those of you that weren't at the ball game, going into halftime, or right before halftime with about 30 yeah. seconds left on the clock, Dangerfield goes down and scores, makes it uh, a five, four or five-point game at that point, mm-hmm. turns around to kick it off, and for whatever reason, it's almost like an onside kick and attempted a squib. I don't know what they were trying to do there. And Bussy picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. Yeah, and that just changed the momentum of the of the ball game from that point forward. I mean, it was hard right. for Dangerfield to get anything going. Um, and, and Dangerfield, like you know, like you said, uh, they are still a good team. This isn't you know the end of the season for them. Timpson's a very good two A school, probably the uh, best for, in history. Yeah, I, I mean they were disciplined, they executed, and they just played to the fullest and. Dangerfield for a minute kept up with them uh, until you know, like I said, at the second half they just ran away with the with the game. Uh, but you know, either the, other than that, Dangerfield is still good, and you know, like I said, they they, they do have a a uh, hard uh, you know game coming up against Center. Center was the uh, was that the team that uh, played uh, Tatum, yeah, Tatum. in overtime, and then Center won their ball game last week very handily. I mean, Center's yeah. a good ball club, right? And so, I mean, they have some competition coming up this week, but that's nothing to be down about because they're still athletic, still one of the most athletic teams that I know um, in this area that we're in, uh, in East Texas, uh, and also still one of the fastest. So I don't – it's nothing for them to worry about. They had just a couple of turnovers too, yeah. you know, that helped Timson. But it, like I said, it was more about Timson being great yeah. than it was about oh, the that, sky yeah. is falling in danger. Yeah, no. Um I guess Tenson just was darn good, man. <laughs> I don't know that anybody will play within a couple I, I, of three touchdowns yeah. of them. I, I look, I look forward to see Timson at state. Yes, absolutely, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Uh, then uh, the next score that I wanted to kind of look at, we weren't at the ball game, but uh, Pittsburgh loses to Tatum forty-two to twenty-eight. 
Uh, Tatum is going to have that up and down on that offense. I know that Tatum turned the ball over a couple times when they shouldn't have. Uh, that quarterback's very hard to take down over there. Yeah. Um, and, and Pittsburgh had their hands full on Friday night. Yeah. It was 49 Oh, 49. Seven points. <laughs> but, no, I mean, yeah, Pittsburgh, it was good, I guess, until second half uh, because they went in. Um, it was a close game at sec- at, uh, at the ha- at halftime. Uh, then just like the Dangerfield game, you know, Tatum came out and they did what they did. I guess things started clicking. Uh, then, but you know, uh, and that's a well coached ball club with coach. Yeah, Taylor. and yeah. in Pittsburgh, I don't know what to say fully about them, uh, other than they're still figuring it out. Each week, they get better in some area. We, I don't know what that was this week because, like you said, uh, we weren't at the game. We didn't get to go to that game this week or cover it. Uh, but you know, looking at it, and from what I seen, because I did see highlight reels of it. Uh, uh, the run game was better, and I, I say for Pittsburgh, man, is what they have to focus on is their offensive line, uh, their blocking, and their fumbling. I mean, you do what you can, um, but you know, you 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 have to control the costly turnovers, and you know, because at this point, you know, it's the third week. You're going into the fourth week. This is where things should start to kind of you know start to kind of click for you. And they and like I said, some areas they are, but in some obvious areas they're still you know they still have work to do. Uh, but Tatum on the other end, uh, like you said, that quarterback that they have, it's a great quarterback, uh, hard to bring down, just like you know Timpson's quarterback. I mean, this, he he's very good on his feet, and um, I think it's the number number one for Tatum. I can't think of anything else. Either it's Gonzalez or Garcia. You know, he's a very good athlete athlete as well. I'd say. Uh, him and the quarterback are two of the best athletes on that team. Uh, I, I do look think the team will be a very, very good team in their in their division, uh, in their district, um, and hard to stop because each week they get better with uh, their new playbook, and it, it's a very, very uh, tricky playbook. It's very fancy, and I like the way Keelan runs it. Uh, he's he's a good coach um, as far as how he coaches it. And how how he's come to Tatum and kind of coached it and quickly yeah it's, that in the time that he's been able to do it, it it's it's crazy because Tatum was already an, an athletic team as mm-hmm. it was so they weren't lacking on that side uh, but this is a whole new offense and the way that they've uh, maneuvered and um, what's the word I'm looking for executed executed yes uh, it's it's been good and it's getting better every week and so. I look forward to Tatum being uh, winning their division. Just going to state, I don't know. Whoever they yeah. may face, I don't know. That, that's a tough uh, division there in three division one, but I, I do think that they're probably the favorites going into that district because they were still trying to figure things out, although they uh, did play a much better game this week. But you know, if you're Pittsburgh, I, I think you're. I think right now it's all about okay, what what is our identity as a team? Right. You know, and, and trying to find that and. And, and the thing about that is, okay, whatever that is, just be that. You know, and be as good as you can be at that. Right. That's all and, you can and, do. You know, right now, it does appear that this district that they're in is the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so you're just going to have to figure out, okay, where do we kind of fit into that puzzle piece? And how can we make a, a little bit of a run maybe there at the yeah. end of the year? Well, you know, 
Coach Abram, I think he has his quarterback, barring what you know some people think. And this, it, it's it, it's tough, you know, when you don't, you know, Pittsburgh has never truly been known for producing quarterbacks. So, uh, outside that, you know, we had they have I say we because I'm from Pittsburgh, <laughs> um, but they have potential. The thing is, is just like you said, Riley, is finding out their identity, identity and where they fit. Even though it, it's looking like, you know, of course, Gilmer's going to be on top. I mean, that's just inevitable unless uh, someone pulls up and pulls off an upset. Uh, Pleasant Grove may be number two. Uh, Liberty Allo's doing good right now. I mean, and then you kind of got that little mixture yeah. there on the back end of the district. Yeah, so... Now, now it, the good thing for Pittsburgh is the first district game's against North Lamar. Yeah. And you that know, yeah. And if you're in front of North Lamar, God bless you. Continue to cheer on your boys, <laughs> you know. Wait yeah. for, for baseball season. I, You know, I, I don't know. I mean, North Lamar is one of those teams I've seen them a couple times now, and I'm thinking, man, a lot... I, and, and it's no offense to their staff. I mean, you know, they got a brand-new head coach last year, he brings in the wing tee to just try and do some things, make some trickery happen. Yeah. He has won a ball game this year, so he's one and two currently. But, I, you know, that's just a tough place to, well, to coach it, and a tough place to play. If, if you look at the district that, you know, Pittsburgh is in, you, you have uh, Coach Allen Metzel over in Gilmer. He's been there for a while. Uh, and, and 20 then, years. Yeah, and, so, and then you have uh, – uh, What's his Coach name? Gibson. Gibson for Pleasant Grove. He's been there for a good five years. Yeah. Um, and you got state rings on the top end. Yeah. <laughs> and so and then on the and, and then uh, Liberty Allos had coaches been there for oh, uh, several. Well, he's uh, been there three seasons. About three now. seasons. Yeah. So you have this district that are pretty young in coaches. Uh, this is uh, Abram's second year with Pittsburgh. This is uh, Spring Hill has a new coach. Brand new head coach. Yeah. Uh, brand new offensive system. Yeah. And then, you know, North Lamar, this is, uh, and, and uh, what's his name? Whitaker. Yeah. This is, Whitaker. His, this is his second season with them. So running a whole, each team is running a new offense. So you have a young team uh, with, with, with young coaches that's just starting off. And so, I mean, you have to kind of take that into consideration. But um, Now, I'm going to throw out a controversial thing. Okay. And we've talked about this off the air, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to – I because, you know, you got to have some hot takes, okay? That's what gets uh-huh. clickbait in okay. this business. Hot takes, Stephen A., listen up. All right. I predict that Coach Abram, love him to death, will be interviewing for other jobs within the next two years. Not because he's fired – but because of the type of athletes that are coming up in the system and the way that they don't fit into kind of his ideology of what he wants. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's – so we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. So, I – you – with Coach Avery, he's not the type of guy that's going to go – that spouts out at the mouth. This is what I want to do. This is what I want – he's not yeah, that. You no. have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I've seen these last uh, couple of these last three games that they played just now, is and compared to last season, is that he. He's I don't trying think to open it up. Yes. and create some space because his offensive line's not very good. Yeah. So you got to get those guys some space to maybe get off the edge, bounce yeah. some things higher. Stage. Well, I just don't know if he's going to want to do that full time. I, I would just be well. Interested that's the next year. You know, well, I, if I'm you if you year. go back to. 
Pewitt, when he coached at Pewitt, they did the same thing that he's doing in Pittsburgh. The the difference is, is with Pewitt, he already had a quarterback set in Pewitt with a running back. So it's not that it's that he when he had Coach Camero, yeah. who was the king of the the, yeah. the slot team. Well, and you gotta think about it. He he was able to do that with Pewitt. He had a quarterback. Pittsburgh, he didn't have a quarterback. So you take last season, we in the first three games he had a quarterback. You know. Jackson, you know, Ramsey, who was a quarterback then, um, he was, you know, coming into his senior year, starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. He gets hurt the third game. You're forced to move your starting running back now to the now to quarterback. Now he's starting quarterback. So you're not able to throw the ball. And I believe now it was some t- there were times, very few, that he did run out of the gun. We're seeing him run out of the gun a lot more this year. This like I year. said, that's that's more about opening up space. Too. Yeah. But I believe it's what he wants to. I'm not saying I'm not. I don't think it's because it's what he's forced to do. I think it's because that's what he wants to do. That's his idea of the playbook and the style of offense that he wants to run. Because he did the same thing in Pewitt. He, he didn't threw run under the gun. In yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but not. But what I'm saying is he threw it a lot in Pewitt more than he almost just as much more as he so, ran. But in Mahaya, so and and this is just coming from an inside source that was in the opening meeting, okay? Uh with Pittsburgh, he is against throwing the ball very much. Yeah. And yeah. and that come from somebody who was in his introductory meeting where yeah. he said, "Y'all have tried to throw it 80 times and here's the math and I throw yeah. it 10 times and here's the math." Right. So I, I don't think he wants to just throw it all the time, but right. he may have quarterback Exactly. So and that's what I that's my, to just yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. So I have a source too. Uh-huh. Is that he he has found his quarterback. Oh okay. he yeah, he's found his quarterback. Yeah. So that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. Is last year he didn't have that. You know, uh, Brayton Bolton was an outstanding running back. He did even better uh, at quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. just as good because he was able to get in space. Once you got him in space, you weren't catching him. Right. Uh, it was hard to bring down. So you you base your offense around a player like that because that's what you have. You didn't have a quarterback last year, so you base your offense about around what you have. This year, you're able to kind of pick and choose. Now you started out, you know, you had a quarterback, then you switched. Now I you, think that was more of a courtesy. Let's give this kid a look because he's a senior. You know, right. Let's just, let's and just and then you know you had you moved the freshman up, mm-hmm. um, and you had to because the kid's a talent. Yeah, uh, but but he he does need a little bit more refining, you know, right. picking up the speed right. of more varsity type right. players. But then you have this sophomore that you you moved up last week against mm-hmm. uh, Carthage, and he played an outstanding game. Even though, regardless of the score, it's not it's easy. Yeah, it's yeah. not easy to go in and start a game against Carthage as a oh. sophomore, <laughs> you know. And he held his own, um, regardless. But. I believe that Coach Abram, he's found his quarterback. Now he's able to work with and refine and do everything that he wants to do now with this offense. And the kid's a sophomore. Yeah. And so that's another thing with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is that they are a young team. It's a lot of sophomores, on mm-hmm. starting sophomores on that team uh, and juniors and with maybe six to eight seniors. So, so we can't burn sources here, okay? Yeah. But because of people that you and I have both talked to and what we know some things off, kind of off record. Yeah. It just makes me wonder about, and again, it's not about Coach Abram. It's about some names that were thrown around 
that were very interesting. Shoot, man, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I it just makes you wonder, like who who didn't look at the roster and go X Y Z coach fits the players that are coming out. And it's again, it's nothing against Coach Abram. It's just he's got a he's got a type, right? Yeah. And and in Pewitt, he had those boys like he he had the cornbread fed boys up front. He could pound and ground, and then he had the athletes to open it up a couple times, you know, when he wanted to. Those were his, and that's his his thing, right? That's kind of yeah. what he's known for. That's his. And then you, and then you've got these players who don't necessarily. Now, I'm not saying he can't make adjustments. He is. That's why he's trying to just figure out what can we do this year to be successful. But I'm talking about let's go two, three seasons down the road. Why was it not investigated <laughs> about a couple? Uh, there's two coaches in particular that I'm thinking. Man, if they were truly interested, if that's if that's the type of off, the, the, and our sources are pretty good on that information. Yeah, I, I just it, it it just makes me wonder what what was the thought process, and we'll never know. It's one of the, I texted you this weekend. I said that's one of those storylines that we'll never get the end to. Yeah, the answer. Um, but it, it's just I it blows my mind. Yeah. It, <laughs> I think with them getting Avery, is what we talked about before, is that they were looking for someone to bring in culture, not just win right off the bat state championships. And eventually, I do believe Pittsburgh will get there with Avery. Uh, it's it's going to take a heck of a lot of discipline. I believe they, uh, and not just discipline and not and just attitude, but discipline and execution. Um, because Pittsburgh, uh, they have the athletes and most of them are very young uh, like I said before you you have sophomores that are starting you have a young team so I don't know what Pittsburgh what they were looking at when they were hiring head coaches I do believe Avon belongs here because of what he's done since he's yeah, gotten here culture wise yes, absolutely I believe he belongs here but it still does make me wonder if you had have take, taken the chance on the other guys that we know that clearly was uh, qualified, I would say. Um, oh, yeah. Then what would happen? You know, what would have happened? I do believe that this 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 younger class, the younger classes that are coming up are packed up full of athletes. And I believe Avery could have a field day with them. Um, but the other coaches, if it was the system that you wanted – and was looking at because as we know here in the town of Pittsburgh, you know, there are some people, you know, that wants to throw the ball more and Abram is not that guy. He doesn't he, he, doesn't, he yeah. He'll throw it when he when the, the opportunity's there. Yes. But you know, you have a lot of people who we need to throw the ball more, we need to throw the ball more. Well the thing is, you know, you have to have players who can throw it and then players who can catch but it. But now you kinda got that that's that's the intrigue for me. Is that I, I'm for running the football. I think that that's the way to go because it, it allows you to hold on and allows you to make people quit, all sorts of things. But you do have a couple quarterbacks now, yeah. And and under one particular guy, in particular, who is probably the best quarterback uh, guru that's ever walked in this state. Well, second maybe to to, to Coach Surratt. Um, he, 
you've got those guys he could have developed. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just an intriguing <laughs> storyline. It's nothing against who's who's where now. It's not about that. Yeah, but to it's me, just, just an interesting Yeah, to raise that. that question. like, But like you said, I mean, it's nothing against the, the guys that are there right now. They're doing a good job, you know, but... Because um, one of them wonder. called, and here's what's interesting, according to one source. One of the coaches actually called Pittsburgh. And said, I would be interested. Like, sent his representation to say, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't like a, he, it wasn't like a formal application per se. It was, hey, I want to talk, right? Yeah. But he reached out to them, not the other way around. I, I just, it's just interesting. To yeah. Me, you know? And now, like I said, the athletes they have coming up now, man, I mean, they're able, they have the athletes now to be able to do that. Uh, to run out of some sort of spread offense, yeah. you know, that's the crazy thing. Now that could make them a lot more dangerous in a slot T offense because now that oh, you yeah. have the athletes coming up, you, you know, got those options. Yeah, but kind of like uh, Tatum's doing right now, the flex bone where exactly. he's able to open some things up on the back. Keelan, walk, Keelan walked into a good deal with that. Oh, he did excellent. Yeah. Right? Just a lot of interesting things. Yeah, that, that side of things. Uh, Gilmer blows out Paris fifty to seven. <laughs> that's not. Uh, anything surprising? Gilmer doing Gilmer. Now here's what, <laughs> here was a score that was somewhat yeah. surprising to me. Spring Hill not only loses to Laywater but gets blown out, forty-seven to fourteen. Laywater still trying to figure out what they want to do on offense. Spring Hill breaking in their pistol Never flex mind. offense, but still, almost said <laughs> that that's shaky ground if you're Spring Hill. I mean, you yeah. those are ball games you can't you at least can't get blown out. <laughs> well, you right? said. Claywater's trying to figure out, like they figured it out against Spring Hill. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> they figured it out yeah. at least this past week. Yeah, but I, just like I said before, you have a lot of teams now, and this is football across the board is in shambles. I mean, it's because you have new coaches and new. You have parity all across. Yes, from, from high school to the NFL. Yeah, so in, in in high school you have new coaches. There's new coaches spouting out everywhere, man. Yeah, with new offenses, you know, different offenses. So. I with with Gladewater and uh, Spring Hill, you you have to kind of tread water with them. Spring Hill, especially now, this is the interesting thing about Spring Hill is that Spring Hill, you know, of course they're in the district of Pittsburgh. So when we seen them last year, they did good in the running game. So I'm and wondering they're, they're back to that. So yeah, that's what they're doing now. That pistol. So it's it's the uh, Wascom. I mean, not well, Wascom Tatum offense. But it's out of the pistol instead right. of being up under center, which kind of opens up some other things. You run some different plays out of it, but it's the same concept. Yeah, it's a triple option offense. And I just wonder, you know, with, with Spring Hill, like I said, each year, you know, you get a new coach with, especially with offense like this, um, you're gonna struggle. Any, and I, it's easy just to throw the ball. You know, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not gonna say easy. I take it back. It's not easy, but if anybody you just give anybody a ball and say, here, throw it, they're going to throw it whether they're on target or not. You know, <laughs> Whether somebody catches it or not, it's a different story. Yeah, but with a run offense, it's very precise and it's very complex because everybody has to be in the right position at the right time, in the right place, and blocking the right person. If not, then the offense possibly falls apart. You know, oh, it, could, yeah. it could fall apart. One and, one wrong step and the play's like ten yards in the backfield. Yeah, know? so so you know, I, I I will give these teams the benefit of the doubt because you know, 
uh, we seen it firsthand with Pittsburgh last year. You know, they struggled and and until the last, the final three games of the of the district, and then leading into playoffs. Um, but I, I would give this, those teams that this, this, have these new running offenses uh, 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 the benefit of the doubt. It's not easy. It's not easy. But I do believe Spring Hill, if they continue with it, if they continue, uh, they have the possibility to be better out of that type of offense rather than you know the spread. I, they they can still compete for that third or fourth spot in the district. I mean, I, I could still see that. Yeah. Them being in the conversation anyway. Late in the season, yeah, you know, because I got a couple games late that, that could help them in that. Uh, Pleasant Grove beats Midland Christian. I'll be honest with you guys, I have no clue about Midland Christian. I do know that Pleasant Grove for the past two weeks has played some teams out of Louisiana uh, just because they lost that deal uh, with Arkansas, the couple of the Arkansas schools, Arkansas High and one other that they used to play every year. Um, but having said that, I. It appears that Pleasant Grove is probably still that second place team in the district, uh, without having laid you know full eyes on them yet. Just seeing some highlights here and there, it appears that they have the potential to still be that that number two team. I don't think right. they're going to be Gilmer this year at all, but they have the potential to probably still hold that second spot <laughs> down pretty tight. Yeah, um, they, they're still talented. They're coming back down to earth, you know, from where they've been. And they're definitely mixing it up on offense themselves. Yeah. Uh, a little bit here and there, I'll, which is interesting yeah, to I'm me. Yeah, kind of surprised to see that. Well, I mean, so the rumor's been out there for the last two or three years now, you know, that Gibson's just waiting for his kid to, to graduate, then he's going back up to the Dallas area. And I think he wants to look and, and go back to that straight wing T offense. But I think right now with the kids that Pleasant Grove has coming up, they don't have a lot of size. He's not able to do what he wants to do. And that's what I'm saying. These coaches, now, now, there is something to be said for adjusting the players you have. I understand that. But every coach has a knack. And it's some sort of system. It's some sort of a defensive front. It, it, whatever that is, every coach has a knack. Coach Gibson's knack is the wing tee. I mean, he's very good at it. He understands it. He speaks it. He breathes it. I mean, you know, the, the man probably draws wing tee plays up in his sleep at night, okay? I mean, that's just his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach Reggie Cumro, who's been at Pewitt forever, he was the head coach, and he's back to being the offensive coordinator. That Slot tee's his thing. Like, he speaks it, he breathes it, he sleeps it, everything. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. I understand everybody wants to, well, just suggest to the players, well, that's not their knack. You know, like, they can do it, but they might not do it as well as some other coach. Yeah. You know, and so I I think Coach Gibson's kind of in that same spot where he's looking at, okay, I've got these guys coming up. Does that fit what I'm capable of doing? Or do they need somebody else? Like, some coaches are able to say, you know what, that's not my thing. Yeah. So we can take this out. You know, like, I can do this elsewhere. Uh, we're, we're, and it's all about fit on both sides. The players have to fit the coach. The coach has to fit the players. And, and sometimes, even after a, a successful run like Coach Gibson has had, you start looking around and you go, okay, because of move-ins or, or transfers or whatever the case is, my style, my philosophy doesn't fit the locker room anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not that you're a bad coach. And it's not that they're bad players. It's just that for whatever reason over the past four or five years, 
things have changed. Yeah, it goes stale at them. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and you just have to, to, to say, you know what? Hey, we've had a great run. It's yeah. time to move on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then occasionally you get those places like a Carthage, like a Gilmer, uh, like a South Lake Carroll over the years, that, that those coaches can stay there for 10, 15, 20 years, and they just keep reproducing kids that fit the system. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think, you know, some of that comes with, you know, uh, the town as well. Yeah. That supports it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times you get a town that doesn't support the head coach. After a while, you know, you start losing and you start the, the seasons get shaky and questionable. <laughs> and a town kind of, you know, uh, starts breathing down your back, your neck, you know, because, you know, you, okay, what's going on? And I think that a lot of that has to do with the town supporting the coaching staff. Um, and you know the vision that he has for the, for his team, uh, because I, as soon as that happens, as soon as the town starts not supporting and starts, you know, questioning, questioning, that's when it goes still. Um, you have to, as a head coach, you have, I believe you have to have thick skin against stuff like that because you have to know in your mind, without a shadow of doubt, shadow of a doubt, that this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do, regardless mm-hmm. of what you may think or what you may say. This is my job. This is my coach's coaching career. And if you don't like it, yeah, I mean, just don't come to the game. You know? <laughs> uh, but but that's but once it reaches that point, is generally when coaches start looking like when they start having to tell people. Yeah, I'm gonna do this no matter whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's when they start making yeah. some. Phone and calls. another another thing is because we've seen it, and you've seen it in coaching, mm-hmm. and I've seen it coming up. Is that you have a lot of parents who talk in the ear of their child? Oh yeah, and so that 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 affects it as well, affects it as well. Is that you have parents who will tell their child, "Well, you need to be re- y'all need to be doing this instead of this," or you need to tell coach. To-. That's not how it works. And so when you have players, when that happens, you have players who go against the coach because they believe they should be running something different than what they're currently running. And it's not it's not to say that. Uh, it's not nothing's working, but it's just, it's just that people have their own agenda and how they will want their child to be and what they want their child to look like on the field. And from the outside looking in, it kind of seems that that's what Coach Gibson's running into a little bit more. Yeah, you know, as the seasons get shakier there. Uh, Olympiallo does defeat Mount Pleasant fourteen to twelve. I'll be honest, having seen Mount Pleasant, I don't know if that's about. You know, Liberty Island being good or Mount Pleasant not being very good, I think it's a mixture of both. I think Liberty Island's improved, and I think Mount Pleasant's just one of those teams that they've got a couple athletes, they can make a few things happen, but don't expect anything spectacular from them, or, yeah, you know, like I, every week. I, but, yeah. Know, they didn't uh, impress me. They haven't impressed me. But Liberty Island's pulled off some big wins like it. You know, and, and, that, and that's the thing I said, you know, we'll know a little bit more about Liberty Island after how they play Mount Pleasant. And they come out victorious. We know a little bit about them. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I, I didn't walk away from that game going, oh, I know everything about Liberty Island now. Yeah. But I do think that they have played their way into that third spot conversation. Not to say they're going to get it, <laughs> but I think that they've... <laughs> You know, they, they've, they've played their way into the conversation of maybe being the third best team in that district. Yeah. Liberty is one of those teams where they're up and down. You mm-hmm. know, they have a really bad season, then they have a really 
It's been like that for a while now. But in the past two, they've kind of had a middling season, and they would pull off those games where you think, how do they exactly get that close or how do they win that ball? Game? The, the game against Van when they played Van last season ended up being close. I don't understand how that happened, um, but it did. But Liberty Alo is, I mean, like you said, they 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 may have taught their you know played their way into you know that third position or battling for it with whomever else it may be. But uh, Mount Pleasant, on the other hand, uh, I won't say that I'm disappointed. I'm not disappointed. It, it, Mount Pleasant's one of those teams where they, they have the athletes, but it's like something they just can't click with right. them. You know, I don't understand what it is. That, that quarterback is very talented. Yeah, and you have a talented running back, talented receivers, uh, talent, a good defense, but I don't understand. I don't know what's – I just don't get it, man. I – you know, um, and I say one of the things is my pleasant struggles, their offensive line struggles. Uh, and for mm-hmm. a quarterback like one that they have, you don't, that cannot be a problem. You, yeah, you don't want that guy getting exposed every play. And having to run around. All and and that's that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. Like I said, it, that, I, I thought that that was more about Liberty Island maybe playing their way into that third spot in their district conversation. Uh, more than anything else, Jefferson stunned Decab twenty-four to fourteen. Uh, you know, hoping Decab can bounce back, keep playing well like they've been playing, uh, because that's one of the better teams that that school's had in school history. Yeah. So I mean, eager to see how they're going to bounce back. Uh, now Mount Vernon does defeat Pompeo. From what I could find, the the final went up being forty-two to thirty-eight, and. Uh, that came, however, at the cost. They lose their starting quarterback and their starting safety for the rest of the year. The starting quarterback goes out with the torn ACL, and the starting safety broke his collarbone, I believe. So those are two season-ending injuries there. Uh, so we'll have to see what Mount Vernon's going to look like oh, now. Man. Because from what I understand from the Mount Vernon faithful, again, I, I'm going to have to go back and look at some film. Uh, but but according to Mount Vernon Faithful, when they did put in the backup, it was handoff here and handoff there because he doesn't have the arm to run that wide-open offense uh, that they've become accustomed to since Coach Bryles and, and their current head coach took over that program. So, I mean, that, that'll that be interesting. Wow. I mean, you get the win, but you – I mean, it, it looked like a triage over there. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that, that that's tough. Um, let's see here. Some other scores – uh, Longview demolished Tyler Legacy, uh, sixty-nine to nothing. <laughs> Longview back to being Longview. I mean, they're they're just playing on a different planet right now. Uh, a lot of athletes over there. Excited to see what the season it's holds just, for them. Carthage is fair. Carthage again. They beat uh, San Antonio Cornerstone forty-one to nothing. How do and you go? Wait a minute. Let's pause. Right. <laughs> it's an East Texas team. You go. Did they play in San Antonio? Or they did, did last year. San Antonio had to come to Carthage. But either way, you, you you have these teams travel this far, you travel that far, and these aren't this is this isn't a four A school by the way. No, these are five A schools. Yes, and they play another one this coming week. We'll it's gotten that. to the point where Carthage is no longer satisfied playing four A schools. Well, it can't be because the problem is, like, okay, after about the first. Three drives of the Pittsburgh game. Their kids got nothing out of that. Like there was nothing. 
He's playing the scraps, okay? The only thing that happened in that ball game was a, a, a few of his fourth stringers got sent back down to JV after that. Like, that's the only thing that happened, right? Because yeah, I'm thinking, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing. If you're Carthage and you want to improve, you have to play teams like that. Yeah. And you don't have a choice. Yeah, but they're still beating them 41 to nothing. I mean, what did you... Well, what are you? <laughs> it's probably not going to be the case this week. We're going to look at that in a minute. Okay. But, but yeah. Uh, so upcoming this week, Dangerfield plays a very good center team. I'm excited to see how Dangerfield's going to uh, bounce back. There's an outside chance we may be at that ball game. We'll see. Uh, Paul Pugh plays Troop for their homecoming. Uh, let's see how Pugh does. They you know play about Vernon very close. Troops a, a very talented ball club. Uh, let Let's see how that turns out. Uh, Pittsburgh plays Frisco Independence. I did a little bit of research on that. Frisco Independence comes into that ball game three and zero. They defe- uh, they defeated Frisco Panther Creek forty nine fourteen. They defeated Frisco Heritage forty two to thirty nine, and they beat Dallas Skyline last week thirty one to fifteen. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, if you're from the Dallas area and you know something about Frisco, let us know. You know, shout out on yeah. Facebook, TikTok, whatever. Uh, Kind of let it fill us in on that. Uh, Gilmer uh, will go to Lindale this week. I don't expect that ball game to be very close. I mean, Lindale's going to be a decent team, but Gilmer still playing on a different planet. I think that the two, uh, obviously the two regional favorites for that region would be Gilmer and Carthage. Right. Uh, if again, either team's yeah. going to beat the other, it's going to be the, that guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just see that being a regional final over there. Pleasant Grove's going to play at Frisco Memorial, so we'll know a little bit more about them after that ball game. Liberty Island's going to play Atlanta. Atlanta having a little bit of a bounce-back season. Now, they've kind of played a soft pre-district schedule to try and ease into things. But, hey, you can't blame them. They went 0-10 last year, 1-9, whatever that was. 0-10. Uh, 0-10, yeah, they didn't have an 0 for a year. And so uh, we'll we'll know a li- again a little bit learning a little bit more about Liberty Island and maybe where they kind of fit into the conversation, uh, not only in their district but maybe in that region. Uh, you've got Gladewater going to Malakoff. That'll be a, a, a game to keep an eye on. See if Gladewater can continue to uh, execute their offense, score some points, put yeah. it up, and and see if they can build off of that yeah. big win last week. Uh, Let's see. Mount Vernon goes. Uh, no, Mount Vernon plays Sabine in Mount Vernon. We'll have to see what are those backups yeah. going to look like in Mount Vernon. I, you know, that, that'll be interesting. I don't know much about Sabine. I know uh, uh, Spring Hill did beat them, did they? Yes. Yeah. I don't know much about Sabine, but Sabine's like, down. Uh, but they do have a few kids. Yeah. You know, so again, it's more about okay, can Mount Vernon? What are they going to do with all these backup players? Yeah, and especially at the quarterback position because that's key to that offense. People, think, I mean, the offense didn't leave with Coach Browns. He brought in his offensive coordinator that was with him at Baylor. Yeah, to run that offense, uh, and the quarterback's key to that. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and learn more about Mount Vernon. Uh, let's see. Then you've got Longview playing at Lufkin. That's a rivalry game. That'll be a good game to keep up with. See where Longview stands after that one. And then Carthage at Marshall. Marshall running the wing team, kind of getting it going now under that new offensive system from Coach Alvarez. It'll be interesting. I, I, I think this is a test for Carthage. Carthage knows that. 
but this might be the only test that Carthage has uh, for quite some time until they at Ooh. least play Gilmer in the regional finals. I, you know, question. Carthage question. Off yeah. the record. Off the record. Well, this is uh, on the record because it's on the show. Well, on the record. Okay. Uh, I know we talked about this before, but who do you have? Carthage against Longview. Who do you got winning? If it was to ever happen. I know it probably won't. But if it was to ever happen. I I'll be I mean, I know everybody from Lumbee, oh, it wouldn't be close. I think it's a toss up game. Like I think that's a pick 'em game. I think that's a seven to fourteen point game either way. Which is closer than any of the two teams have played anybody so far anyways. Hmm. I say the same. You have a good coach. You have a great coach in, on, on both on sides. Both sides. And, 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 I would like to see that game happen just for the heck of it, just well, for the fun of it. You know, I, I think you and I were the ones that were talking, and I told you that's a that's one of those that would just be great for East Texas. Yeah, like you, that would be an easily sold out ball game, standing room only. I mean, there would be people staying up on Lobo Hill for that ball game. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, it, it would be great. You have two of the greatest coaches in the area going up against each other, and you want to talk about weird offensive formations. You've got two coaches who are willing to get in anything to go score. <laughs> That's true. I mean, anything. <laughs> They'll go from the gun to the power eye to the flex bone to the wishbone to the – They run the their all, They run their offenses as if it's a college offense-style playbook. And, and they just get change it, it up whenever they feel like it. And you've got two head coaches who are willing to do it. Um, I, that would be interesting. Yeah. I, I would like to see that happen. I just don't know if they'd be willing to do it. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't know. Cause you, if you're either team, do you really want to risk injury and all that? You know, yeah. That would be a bloodbath, I would, I would think. But that, that would be a good good matchup. So, hey, a lot of great football left to be played in East Texas. Let's move on to the college game a little bit. Uh, talk about a weekend of upsets and an almost <laughs> yeah, colossal man. upset in Austin. As Alabama squeaks by UT twenty to nineteen, um, Appalachian State beats Texas A and M seventeen to fourteen. BYU unseats Baylor twenty six to twenty one. I mean upset score yeah. going on. Notre Dame loses to Marshall. <laughs> I, I, it, just, <laughs> it goes. It goes on. Listen, Oklahoma for a second had me worried with Kent State. You know, until they actually started scoring, but. App State, man, what beating Texas A and M? I mean, I, we're gonna get. I wanna. I'm gonna start there because we. I wanna work our way up to the Alabama and Texas game. Okay. But App State beating uh, Texas A and M in Kyle Stadium. Uh, that one's. But you know, I guess you know App State's one of those teams that you know you necessarily don't want to underestimate because they have the ability to come in and upset you, but. Texas A&M? App State was able to just kind of ground and pound, keep the ball. Haynes King, uh, great quarterback here in Longview. Great lineage of football. I don't know that he's going to be the answer right now in Texas A&M. There's definitely some questions with him at the helm as the starting quarterback. He had that injury last season. He had a hot start and then had the injury. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. If you're Texas A&M and you're Jimbo Fisher – 
keep your mouth shut because you're not the class of the SEC right now. You're not even close. You're not in the, the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came into the season with that possibility. You've got all those great recruits, but you need to start winning ball games or, or guys are going to start decommitting very quickly. <laughs> uh, well, App State, man, you know, they, they look good. Uh, shout out to Luke Combs. I know that's his alma mater. Um, but Oh, yeah, fanboy. Yeah, fanboy moment. But, you know, like I said, there's one of those, with these upsets, it's one of those things that you don't, you don't underestimate these teams. Even though, because you think about it, App State, still a D1 school. It's a smaller mm-hmm. D1 school, but it's still D1. And you still have athletes that go there. And, and it's just like I say, say with football, you know, and just like you say, Anybody can win on any given Friday or any if it's Saturday or Sunday. You still have to line up and play these guys. Um, they're still good. Yeah, that's like, like I mean, they might be as good as you are, but those are still Division One athletes, right? <laughs> and so they App, App State proved that, you know. And then BYU and Baylor that was a, a shocker for me as well. BYU um, still trying to stay in that national conversation. You know, they they've kind of been on the periphery of the the, the college playoff picture for the last couple of years and they're still staying in that conversation. Yeah. You know, which kind of was intriguing to me because, you know, they graduated some guys, lost some guys to the, a few guys to the draft, so I thought okay, we might be seeing some of these non-Power 5 schools come back to earth. We see Cincinnati regressing. So I thought, okay, we're going to get back to, and then BYU just knocks off Baylor like <laughs> it's no tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, hey, B, yeah, BYU really had control of that whole game. Um, they did, regardless of the score, yeah. they had control of that whole game. But uh, other than that, uh, the the Marshall and uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I don't know lots, about Notre Dame, man. Lots of problems in Notre Dame. They, you know, they decided to keep uh, that hire in house with Coach Marcus Freeman. I think that that's going to be a short marriage. I I don't see that lasting. He starts his career off zero and three, which is like the worst start in. 50 years for a Notre Dame head coach. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to stay there. The, I understand the hire because, I mean, you know, Brian Kelly goes to recruit a kid, gets on a plane, and all of a sudden, like, five minutes later, he's not the coach at Notre Dame. And he, he doesn't even bother to tell him. He just takes the players, hey, let's have a meeting. He says bye for five minutes, and he's gone. So the, the – and then he tries to take Coach Freeman and the offensive coordinator with him. So then there's this whole discussion amongst the locker room, right, about, you know, nobody cares about us, don't turn your backs on us, don't count us out. So then Coach Freeman thinks, oh, I'm going to do the right thing. We're staying. Yeah, go Notre Dame. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> do it. And then go 0-3 and see yeah. if you get to keep your job. Like, that was, <laughs> more about, that was more about let's keep the locker room together. Well, if the locker room's not very good <laughs> – you know, you might want to look elsewhere. I, you know, yeah, I, I don't I, know who you would go. Like, do you – okay, does, does Brian Kelly look at the SEC and go, uh, guys, I, sorry. Yeah, well, you you look at it, that was the move that started the whole – and it was, a, it was a weird thing how well, it happened. And then you had Lincoln Riley yeah. doing basically the same thing. And then that, his move and Lincoln Riley move opened up that transfer portal. like for it was For coaches. For yeah. coaches and for players. Like, it was no tomorrow. <laughs> I mean – and then you have Deion Sanders on top going to get Travis Hunter. I mean, you have all this stuff that happened at the end of the season last year. And you're kind of seeing the the, the um, 
fruits of it now. And some of it looks good, some of it doesn't. Most of it isn't good. I'm just, but I mean, Brian Kelly won this past weekend, but he doesn't fit the SEC. No, I mean, I'm sorry, his but, personality doesn't, <laughs> his philosophy doesn't, as much as he tried with the. Thank you for me and my family. Like, really? You're not even from the South, man. Like, drop it. <laughs> like, drop the act, my guy. Um, and then, he doesn't fit the SEC. Marcus Freeman has no business being the head coach at Notre Dame. That's a power school, I mean, with a legacy. And then he, he's, I mean, just driving it to the ground. I, I, I just don't understand. And then, all of this coming. And here's the interesting thing about Notre Dame. All of this coming is there's discussions about, okay, do we want to join the Big Ten so that we can be in the playoff discussion? Well, I mean, you're done. Like, you've got three losses. You're not going to be in the discussion. Sorry. Not going to happen. But do you really want to join the Big Ten? Do you really want to play Ohio State every year? Do you really want to play Michigan? Do you really want to play Iowa? I mean, <laughs> are you sure you want to play those guys? Or do you just keep that independent schedule where you get to cherry pick who you do and don't play every year? I mean, it just – Yeah, that – what a mess in Notre Dame. Well, here's the talk. The one that you wanted to build up to. Yeah. Well. Hey, I, I will say this, and I am a Nick Saban guy. I, I like his philosophies. <laughs> I like his approach, all of that. But there was an interesting comment made before the game by Coach Sarkeesian, mm-hmm. okay, in a pregame interview. He said, the only thing I don't want to disappoint Coach Saban because Nick Saban single-handedly not only saved his career, but saved his life. Okay, before going to Alabama to be an analyst and then going back as an offensive coordinator, Coach Sarkeesian had been fired at USC, uh, was dealing with alcoholism, I mean, severe alcoholism, had to check into rehab. I mean, his life was in shambles, and Coach Saban says, hey, listen, come here. Let's rebuild you. Let's, let's get your personal life straight. Let's get your professional life back on track, and then let's see what happens. And so he he was very respectful to Coach Saban, very, you know, all, all of those things. He says, I just don't want to disappoint. Yeah. He didn't disappoint. Not by a long not, shot. No. He, and he's so, got a very good team. This, team. So, okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to say this about Saban and, and the type of man that he is. And I've seen that Saturday. I mean, I've seen it before, but I've seen it more clearly Saturday uh, after the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, because... Texas played a heck of a game against Alabama, the number one team in the nation. It, I didn't expect it. Neither one of us did. We thought it was going to be a crap a show, a yeah. blowout, man. But they played a heck of a game on both sides of the ball, barring their starting quarterback getting injured um, and, and Quinn Ewers. But even then, their defense showed up. And Bryce Young is just going to be Bryce Young. Uh, he won the Heisman Trophy for a reason. He's uh, But... With Nick Saban, I've I seen the type of man that he is. Regardless of what team that he plays, he always has a respect for that team. Yes. And for the, the, the coaches. No matter how big he wins. Yes. You know, he's just listening so, to a good team. And I will say this about Alabama's team, the players. Uh, lack of discipline. And he they're, talked about that. Very in his- un, they're very undisciplined. Uh, and... and I seen that because you know at the end of the game, you know the whole horns down symbol. Yeah, that, and then he starts yelling, "Don't do that." Yeah, that. So that's when I, see, you know, seen that. I'm like, okay, I mean, I respect him because he got onto his players even after a win, after the game. He's like, "Hey, that's not what I'm about. I'm gonna be, you're gonna respect, have respect, and you're going to carry out 
in uh, that respect and be disciplined. And I didn't see that with Alabama's players. I didn't see that with the team. Uh, undisciplined and the penalties that they had, mm-hmm. even the ones that weren't called, you know, the passing. Yeah. Um, and he said that in his post game. He said, this is on Alabama football the way I want it played. Yeah. He said, we're going to have to clean that up to be who I want this team to be. They're going to have to. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about Coach Saban. He's not going to say, well, they're young. No, he has his standard, and it's an Alabama standard. Right. And if you don't meet it, you're gone. Like, you know, he he doesn't care. Like, he, you know, he has his standards, and he knows what it takes. Because he, and and he said this too. He said, you know, guys show up to Alabama and think, oh, that's a free reign. He said, you just have to play. Like, you just have to beat people. Yeah. And he has to remind his players and his staff and in the community like hey we start to win a game like you know we start to play these guys and that's one of the reasons I respect him so much he he comes across with that attitude we still have to be good like if we want to win a game we start to play he has no problem humbling himself and his players and his coaching staff. Even to the point of telling the press hey that's rat poison quit telling my guys they're (laughs) good like (laughs) rat poison (laughs) But um, Sarkeesian has nothing to hang his head. That team, Texas, has nothing to hang their head. They're going to win the Big 12. I I predict they win the Big 12. They they may be in the Final Four conversation. That was a good game. Matter of fact, that was the best. Even though they lost. That was the best game all weekend. Yeah. That I mean, they put on a show. At any level, in my opinion, that was the best game all weekend. Yeah. And we'll get to that in in the next chapter of that with the NFL. But anyways... Um. Yeah, man. Texas. I am very, very impressed with what's to come in the next uh, weeks. You know, this the rest of the season because you don't play a team like Alabama that close to the wire. I mean, down to the wire, and 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 not have a great season. I mean, their defense did a heck of a lot better than what I thought they would do. Um, especially that secondary. I didn't. I didn't have questions with the front. Um. But the secondary is what I I question. But Bryce Young's still a man. Let's yeah. just go ahead and put that out there. Well, that, and it's like I said, he won the Heisman Trophy for a reason. He's he's a Heisman player for but a reason. It was one of those like when 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 you saw that he's getting the ball back. Yeah, it's like okay, they're gonna win this game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that last drive of the game that they were gonna win, and this is why. Well, after Texas had Texas, they scored right. Yeah. No, they kicked the field goal. They kicked the field goal. But After I mean, they kicked they that, put points on. Yeah, them. it was a minute and forty some seconds left. After the Texas said, everybody was just ecstatic. Just oh my gosh, we're about to beat Alabama. They panned the camera to Bryce Young, and I see the most calm, poised look on his face. Like okay, now, and I, let's gear up and go out and do what He's we like, do. Denzel, what you think you can do this to me? <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, man. I said to myself, I said. Hey, he about to torch it. They're about to it, beat Texas. It felt like, you know, when you give Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady Tom, it like was, too much time yeah. on the clock. And you go, you know, and everybody, like, the more experienced players are telling the young guys, like, okay, that's still yeah. Young. We like, still got to play. It's a whole minute left on the clock. Like, like, a, minute, a minute to those guys is eternity. Exactly. I mean, you're <laughs> looking and you're going, okay, that's still Bryce Young. That's still the best coach in college football history. Yeah. Like, oh, we still got to beat those guys. I mean, that last drive, Bryce Young ran it to perfection. He kept the balls <laughs> within the chain, within the uh, chains, and he knew where to down it just enough to get the clock to keep running and when to stop the clock. Yeah. And I mean, keep going. 
He surgically <laughs> marched down the field and was like, okay, now we're going to win this Yeah, party. now kick it. <laughs> so, so there was two defining moments before that drive. There was that, you know, him. Yeah. And then they show Coach Saban. He just kind of shrugs like, okay, let's go put the offense back yeah. in the field. I'm like, nobody then, got panicked. Right. <laughs> nobody. But then after he came off the field, at, Coach Saban just shakes his hand. Go yeah, to like, the like, yeah, good job. <laughs> go <on>. sit down. <laughs> But but that's the making of a great team. That's what makes them so such a great team is you know Coach Saban coaching his guys and having confidence yeah. in his players. You're like I I've coached you. You know the type of player that you are. Know the type of player that you are. Go do what you're supposed to do and get us this win. And that's exactly what Bryce Young did. It was nothing that Texas did per se, but it was what Bryce Young did. I mean Bryce Young uh, had one job and he did it. You know. Yeah, and you still walk away from that game. Thinking that's still Alabama. Like, yeah, and that, I like what Paul Feinbaum said last season. He said the problem is, he said Alabama's measuring stick is perfection. Everybody else's measuring stick is Alabama. Like that's Alabama's <laughs> problem. Yeah. He said it doesn't matter how they win if they don't win big enough. Everybody gets like. He said, "Everybody else still has to beat them. Like, like that's still how it works. And and, and this season's no different. Uh, we so after all of that, mm-hmm. we have a new top twenty-five AP poll. Top twenty-five. They've got Georgia number one because okay. Georgia had a big win. You know, yeah. uh, Alabama number two. You have Ohio State number three, Michigan number four, uh, Clemson coming in at number five. Okay, I yeah, mean Clemson's uh, still. Th- I don't understand that. Oklahoma number six. How, uh, wait, wait, how's Clemson above Oklahoma? I, I don't understand that at all. But there's this love affair with Dabo Sweeney. Because he's a nice guy. <laughs> he is. Like, Dabo. Like, he's but, a nice guy. Okay. So, so the media's got this love affair with Dabo. Yeah, I don't okay. understand. Okay. USC number seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State number eight. I watched uh, some of their game against Arizona State. Yeah. They're okay. They they got a good running uh, uh, running back, heavy backfield. Like they they're gonna make a little bit of noise. I don't. They're not near as good as they were last year, but they're they're still competitive. Kentucky number nine. So Coach Bob Stoops, his brother Mark, uh, becomes the winningest coach in University of Kentucky history this past weekend with a big win. Uh, they're competitive. Like. We think Kentucky basketball, but Kentucky <laughs> is actually going to be competitive on the football field. Okay, explain this. How is Clemson ranked above Arkansas? That's what I'm saying. That's I, a, it's a love it's, affair, It man. should be Arkansas and then Oklahoma. Oklahoma then Arkansas. It's, Clemson shouldn't even be in the top ten right now. I don't understand that at all whatsoever. You got Michigan State number eleven, BYU number twenty. How is BYU over the Clemson after beating Baylor? And Baylor came into that ball game like ranked number nine in the country. Okay, get with it. Whoever's voting the AP poll, like get with it, man. You've got Miami number thirteen, Utah number fourteen, Tennessee number fifteen. Tennessee did win their game. They're okay. Uh, North Carolina State. Uh, number 16, you've got Baylor at number 17. That They deserve to fall. I mean, like, I would even argue enough, they should yeah, be yeah. lower. Um, Florida, number 18. You've got Wake Forest, number 19. Ole Ooh. Miss at number 20. Texas moves up to 21. They should be higher than that. Yeah. How is, how is Texas not higher than Wake Forest? Oh, I haven't seen 
Sweet Force? Is they, are they good? Okay. I was just saying. Wake, Wake, Wake Forest in decades, man. Yeah. Uh, Penn State, number 22, that's that's fair. Pitt, uh, number 23, that's fair. Texas A&M falls to number 24, that's fair. Then you got Oregon rounding it out at number 25. So I have some disagreements with that new AP. Yeah, obviously in the top 10 I do, but... <laughs> but I will. Yeah. LSU's not on there, though. Well, they don't deserve to be. Not good. <laughs> what, what's the but uh, LSU deserves to be on there more than Clemson. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, I don't know. Clemson, those teams. I mean, okay. Well, if you had to break it down, those teams don't deserve to be on there. Oh, just be honest. But LSU has somewhat type of a little bit over Clemson. I mean. Who is making it? Who made that list? Well, that's the AP poll. So, like, the writers get together and they vote on that. But the Associate Press, you know. Yeah, there's no way. But that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> a love affair with the meanie and Dabo Sweeney, man. He must treat them real nice. Oh, he does. He's Dabo. Like, you can't hate Dabo. He, Dabo would be a great high school football coach. Like, he's, a, he's got that personality to him. Yeah, but I'm saying he must... Whenever they show up to press day, he must feed them real he well. He does. Because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no way. You, he feeds them yeah, I mean, Clemson has fallen, obviously. Even in Trevor Lawrence's, uh, uh, even in Trevor's Lawrence, in Trevor Lawrence's last season there, they were starting to de- to decline then. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then these last two years, I guess even now they're they're not. Anything spectacular about Clemson? Yeah. Just. I is an easy nice guy. Everybody loves him, but they're not. That's that's way too high of a ranking. Uh, and other college football news: Scott Frost finally gets canned at Nebraska, his alma mater. How about that? You go, <laughs> you go back home, have two disastrous years. One of the years you talk about, we should be a playoff contender, and then you get canned. Like, can't beat anybody. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. So. A name being floated. A name being floated. Clickbait. Urban Meyer. Ah. Well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. All right. So, that's interesting because I had uh, this weekend, I asked some, you know, we was over uh, at my friend's uncle's house for a cookout. And we were Your watching a friend's rest- uncle's house? Ashley's uncle's house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, we was over there for a cookout and they wait, were watching. what did you have at the cookout? What kind of food? What are we talking about? Uh, it was. Uh, Let's get to the important stuff. <laughs> what are we talking? About? It was. I mean, tortillas. Not like barbecue? steak. Oh, steak! Wait, what? You had steak? Not, it was like a sort of steak. You know, like it was like it was. It was barbecue. It was all barbecue. And I don't get a plate. What am I? Chocolate? And some rice and some beans. It was really good. I don't want the rice and beans, but bring me no. Some the beans bar- are really good, man. You gotta try the beans. That was the best beans I ever had. So I'm chopped liver now. Okay, cool. Got it. No. I don't even get, <laughs> hey, listen, I don't even get a Monday show <laughs> leftover lunch. Like, what is but this? The, the, no, you have to try those beans. So it's the beans, they, they chop up sausages in them and put some bacon. Wait, sausage and beans? It, yeah. And bacon. And beans? Yes. It tastes great, man. And I don't know what kind of season they put them, but it, I'm telling you, they're the best beans you ever eat. 
Okay, Cassie, have you ever heard of beans with bacon or sausage? And for our listeners, since we don't have a camera here, Cassidy is uh, the mainline pastoring with Brother David Jackson. This is his daughter. We're actually getting to use his lovely little dining room, so she's here. And so, have you ever heard of beans having bacon and sausage in them? I have. It's like a Mexican oh, well, never bean. mind. Like, I thought you would... I like you... the ones with just, like, kind of plain jalapenos in it. Yeah, that's what it had. Okay, that's so what you it had. just mix them together. So, like, are we talking refried beans? What are we talking? No, no, it's beans. Regular beans. Pinto beans. Like regular pinto beans. Yes. Okay. It's very good. They're very good. I'm telling you, man. Some of the best beans you ever eat. Huh? Huh? Okay, so, so we've got two people in agreement. You never so. had baked beans with sausage in them? I don't eat baked beans. Ah. That's why you gotta you gotta you gotta try this stuff, man. You're missing out. It's really We're good. Out missing out on beans. And... Have you ever been to Catfish Village? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you tried their beans? No, I've not. Okay. Well, next time you go, try it. Okay. What does it have in it? That's what I'm saying. I like, think the exact same. I think the exact same thing that he's talking about. Okay. So they so I, they're gonna make sure. Okay. It's it's good, man. I have to put that on my list of things to try. It's good. So back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> This is what they, hey, this is what the audience wants. We're just downhill, yeah. folks. This so, is what makes us different, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're talking about Urban Meyer. How's that go? So, you know, they was watching the college games, and I brought up the question. I said, do you think, because at the time we was watching the Oklahoma and Kent State game. So I was like, do you think Urban Meyer, I said, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer wants to come back and gets back into college uh, coaching. I said, do you think that's a, there's a chance that you know, and you're watching which game? The Oklahoma, oh, Oklahoma. and okay. Kent State game. At the time, Oklahoma wasn't doing good. Yeah, and so I'm like, do you think they bring in Urban Meyer? You know, because they have a new coach, but he came out of retirement just to be a head coach for him, right? At the time, you're, they weren't. You're talking about Oklahoma? Yeah. No, they got the defensive coordinator from uh, Clemson. Coach Stoops came out of retirement to coach the bowl game. He retired. Oh, okay. Well, Venables. I got. Got that wrong. My bad. But anyways, they weren't doing that good. And so I was like, do you think they bring in Urban Myers? You know, I think well, Urban Myers, he should have stayed put where he was. So so here's the list that has been floated. Okay. Job. You have Coach Mark Stoops, okay, making a name for himself all of a sudden at Kentucky. Yeah. You have Coach Matt Campbell out of Iowa State. Iowa State's always oh, yeah. a tough ball game. They, you know? they won Saturday as well. Okay. You have Coach Mickey Joseph, who's the uh, interim coach right now for Nebraska. They've named him the, the interim. Uh, he was a, uh, the, the associate head coach. He's a former Huskers quarterback, so he's from there. Um, he worked his way up. He was at LSU. And so, I mean, he's got a little bit of a clout, right, for the job. Mm-hmm. Then you got Urban Meyer. Now, here's my question with Urban Meyer, and and then we'll get to the other names on the list. Who's gonna swallow the poison pill and just say, you know what, we're gonna take all the bad publicity and we're just gonna deal with it? Is it Nebraska? Okay, maybe Nebraska is a place he can go. Because, I mean, yeah, they're expected to win. He could turn them into playoff contenders. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that's a place he could go. You're not in, you know, you're not back. Now, he could go back to Ohio State. They love him there. But, I mean, you're not like in the SEC. You're not 
getting a whole lot of national coverage. Now, you would get it just because it's Urban Meyer. Right. And just because you could return Nebraska back to being in that conversation. But what I'm saying is that might be a place where you could go. They could just take the hit from the regional media for a couple of weeks. And then if he starts winning ball games, somebody cares. But the thing is, wherever Myers, he did. What did he do that was just so bad? I mean, yeah, he had the bad year, season in the NFL. Okay, but still. but there's other things like even when he was winning national championships at Florida. I mean, he had some shady characters playing. Like there was a whole documentary about them. Okay, but what? But I never heard anything when he was at Ohio State. None of this until no. he left Ohio State. And then people started talking. Hey, well, I mean, what was the big deal? If you didn't, because uh, my, my deal is, if you don't say nothing while he's winning, don't say nothing at all. But see, that's the thing. Winning <laughs> cures everything, and Urban Meyer's no different. Yeah, well, let that garment, put the vaccine back on, and whatever you call it, and put the band-aid. Because the thing is, Urban Meyer, you can't, regardless of the type of season he had in the NFL, you can't say he's not a good coach. I mean, he's a good coach. And he was set up to, that's a bad team. Yeah, like, the Jaguars were down. The only thing he had promising... And Jaguars lost again Sunday. Yeah, the only thing he had promising was Trevor Lawrence. That was the only thing. But he, do we even know if Trevor Lawrence can play in the NFL? Like, that's the thing. Like, they all thought, oh, he gets Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, that's cool. But uh, the whole thing, listen, uh, and to the media is you can't... You want to bring up these things, obviously, because it's it's clickbait. You want to get your ratings, you know. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, for colleges, you have to look at it and say, okay, is it really that bad? I mean, if you're looking to win and you're looking, and there, and he's one of the only coaches out, what well, one of the only on from that list. Listen, if I was a college, I'd hire him. Today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. From that list that you know that's going to build your team and make it a winning team year-round. I mean, it's not... And all this baloney about one college, you've got to care... Bull! College has become a business. We're paying these guys. It's a transfer portal nightmare. It's NIL. It's it's not about student-athletes. It's about people making, playing football and making money. Yes. So don't give me this garbage about, well, he's got to produce sound young men. Baloney. None of these, outside of Nick Saban, nobody, and maybe Dabo Sweeney, nobody else <laughs> is producing sound young men. They're just winning football games. Like, that's their job. That's what they care about. That's what you pay these men to do. So don't give me this garbage that, oh, all of a sudden he's got to be a Boy Scout to be a head coach in the college level. He doesn't. He's just got to win football games. And nobody cares about anything else as long as he wins football games. Period. End of story. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah. But people... But, yeah, but people... I don't know. You're right. Okay. People look at it as if, okay, college football, this is just like it's always been. No, it's changed. Once NIL deal... Kicked down the door, it became a business. Yes. And players are some players are no longer going to colleges anymore because this is the... Oh, I wanted to go there since I was a kid, you know? No, these, these top players are starting to get calls from these people. Hey, we'll pay you this X amount of money to come play for us, and we'll take care of this, this, and that for you while you're here. 
as long as killing the college. Yes, and 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 it doesn't make any sense, but that's what we're in right now. So squash all that. If you're gonna, if you want a good football coach, get Urban Myers. Just back go in hire. Him. Yeah, get get him back in college football. He, he's ever lost at the college level. Yeah, no, he wants to. He realized NFL wasn't for him. He wants to go back to college. Let him in. Give him a chance. Just hiring. Yeah. Just hiring. All right. Talking about NFL. Here we go. Yep. Let's, let's, hey, we're moving right along. Strap on the boots for this one. Even with our awesome. little bait bean conversation. <laughs> Steps. Yeah. What, 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 okay. what we got? I don't know. Uh, Cowboys look uh, disastrous yeah. in the Sunday night game. They lose 19-3. to That was atrocious. They played so bad the game went fast. I mean. <laughs> but Tampa Bay's not pretty good. No, it, How about that? So, Tom Brady's playing that game knowing that when he gets home off the plane from Dallas, his wife is gone. She's got the kids. He has nobody around him because he decides to play football again. I question that. Question what? I asked, was it, I would ask, is it worth it? Was it worth it's it? It's not. Like, and I don't understand what he... So he he has you know going into the game he said you know I looked around and said we're gonna be a great team no you didn't Gronkowski's gone he the just lost Godwin Mo- Godwin's done again because he got hurt early in the game yesterday yeah the offensive lines depleted like he's protecting you, lo- you. you left you lost another tackle last night in the game you well the starting tackle whoever he was. Tom Brady, I, like this is the reason why I question it because it was said a lot last night that, oh, I miss the boys, I miss the practice, I miss the team, I miss the game, I miss. And I'm like, did you really, Tom? I mean, because you retired regardless, and this is another reason why I don't buy the whole, oh, I retired or I came back because of, uh, was it, I retired because I, of media? I, yeah, I, I was pressured to go ahead and make no. the decision. No, you weren't. You wanted to retire. Yeah, you and you open up that can of worms before the uh, before the last playoff game yeah. that you played. You you kind of hinted that this might be it. You know, if we lose this ball game, I I'm, think I'm probably yeah. done. I think Tom Brady then was he was tired. He he retired at the right time and then came back. And, and the thing is, you know, like I say, I missed the game, missed the players' practice, and all that. No, 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 no. And I get we all have personal problems. But at the same time, man, if you're having personal problems, you don't miss the game. You miss what's happening in your life. You're, it's like filling a void And he didn't know what he would do. Yeah. Now, you got that that $300 million deal with Fox. But now he's starting the league. So here's what's interesting about that. Is now Brady's starting the league. Well, I don't have to do that as soon as I retire. Like, I can just pick up that contract whenever I want. Wait, What? Yeah, I don't think Fox is going to hold out too long. They can always find somebody else. I like I. What is Brady think? That's the this may be the season where Tom Brady finally just falls apart. Like it all just comes crashing down for him. But he got all this high praise last night. You know, you're the oldest quarterback to start a but game. He didn't NFL play very well. No, I mean you played against a young Dallas defense, and they got to you a couple of times, and. They showed you what was up. I mean, but then you got to do this for 16 more games, you know, with a broken offensive line. And so I, I, I don't know, man. I, Tom, then the Buccaneers 
didn't play a good game. Obviously, they won big because giving off field goals. They twelve four field goals and a they, touchdown. They can kick the football. Yeah, I mean give the <laughs> give the kicker the, the the ball that Tom got should have went to the kicker, not him. I mean the incentives that Tom's getting yeah. to go to the kicker. Like just but, him his contract. Yeah, I, and and that's what that game looked like—a bunch of field goals and one touchdown. I, on, on Dallas's end, man, I um, I don't have any much to say about them other than I have a question for the Joneses family, uh, since it's the Jones family and the Cowboys now. Did you notice that last night? At yeah. The end? Well, I don't know what the Jones family and the Cowboy Dallas Cowboys. What in the world does the Jones family got to do? This is the Dallas Cowboys. But, but see, that's what. So it goes back to you know the Jones fan. So that got mentioned several times in the broadcast last time. The Jones. When family. did it become the Jones, Jones family, family and the Dallas Cowboys? So who who's running the show? It, <coughs> I mean, it used to be Jerry and the Cowboys. That's the Jones family. Yeah. Who the heck is? I mean, come on. Who's in charge? I like Dallas is a mess. Dak Prescott's going to be out six to eight weeks with a fractured thumb, so I guess come on down, Cooper Rush. I don't know. It, and he wasn't uh, even the best backup on the no. roster. But you re-signed him for whatever reason. He played one game last season. Yeah, he they won. And now it's like kiss the ring of Cooper Rush. I, yeah, I don't, don't understand. I, He's not really he was, he He's not a starting quarterback. He wasn't consistent in, pre, consistent in preseason. He was the worst... You had to run the football 90% of the time, which you might have to do anyways. But, yeah. but you you don't want to have to because of your quarterback. Like, you want to have to do that because that's just what we're good at. Yeah. So, you're there having to do it out of necessity, especially if he's a quarterback. Right. I don't – it's a mess right now. I have – like I said, I have a question for the Jones. Are you comfortable? Are you satisfied with the way your offense looks right now? You can't be. And this whole baloney about, well, we're confident. What? In who? Dak didn't have – there's no chemistry with the receivers in Dak other than uh, C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. The rest of them, Simei Fehoko, Noah Brown, uh, Dennis Houston, uh, Jalen Tober, even though he didn't play last night, there's no chemistry. There was no chemistry between Dak Prescott and the receivers last at all. And you cannot blame it on the offensive linemen. Because the offensive linemen did what they had to do, and they did as much as they could. And Tyler Smith, being a rookie starting at, at, at tackle, he did a good job barring some penalties, which probably would be expected, you know, be, uh, expected. But he did a good job starting at left tackle last yeah. night, you know. Uh, 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 Connor McGovernor, Connor McGovern, did uh, the did a good job, you know, until he got hurt. So it wasn't the offensive line. Fault is that Dak had there was no chemistry at all between Dak and his receivers, and it's, it's this is the worst that it's been since Dak has been the quarterback. There was nothing there, and Dak couldn't get them the ball because he didn't know where they were going to be, they didn't know where he was going to put the ball. It looked bad, and your receiving core is shot right now because you don't have chemistry and you have a rookie starting, and most likely we'll have another rookie starting in Jalen Tolbert. And there's no chemistry. Dak Prescott should have played at least one game or a few minutes in the, at least the first quarter of a preseason game in order to build some kind of chemistry with his receivers. And they did. They sat him the whole three games. But That okay. shouldn't have happened. Oh, I agree. But now he's done. For at least six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. At least. 
you lose those games, you're not making the playoffs. You're probably not going to win the division anyways because Philadelphia's probably going to do that. But what do you do? I mean, I, I don't know where Dallas, how they're going to move forward. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It feels like Jerry is going to ride this ship until it sinks so that he can go get Sean Payton. But if you're Sean Payton, do you want that job? Yeah, because like, it's like, okay, if, even if you bring me in, are you going to let me get the players that I want? Because this is the thing. It looked like Jerry did not give, and I don't know, may, I don't know if uh, Mike McCarthy is comfortable with the roster. I, he he could can't be, be. Because that was look, a, he didn't smile one time last night. So unhappy last yeah. night. Yeah. Um, there is nothing for him to work with, per se, other than the running game on offense. There's nothing for him to work with. Yeah. You you as of right now your passing game is 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 in shambles. Your run game is looking better. I, I give you that. Uh, better blocking up front. Ezekiel uh, Elliott is once again healthy. Uh, and Tony Pollard, what are you gonna do with him? It was talks in the beginning of the season that he was gonna be put at the slot. Not then a couple of weeks ago. Oh, uh, he's gonna he's uh, running back number two. So what are you going? What are you doing? You know. Uh, the, you don't have an answer for offense right now. Yeah. All you have right now is C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. You don't have an answer. And and Ezekiel Elliott. That's three guys. You don't have an answer. And, and especially if Dak can't get the ball to him. And Dak is out now six to eight weeks. So, can Cooper Rush get the ball to him? I, it's, there's, there's questions all question marks all over Dallas media right now and what are they going to do what does it look like in the next six to eight weeks barring if they go sign I don't know what quarterback they're going to go good Jimmy well, G well I, we'll get to him in a minute I, you know yeah. I, I think that's a possibility but he's there's some other interesting things about him too so uh, looking at Thursday night's game we watched a little bit of that uh, the Bills dominate the Rams They're the class of the AFC, in my opinion. The the Bills are very, very good. Uh, They're able to run the football, throw the football. I mean, whatever they kind of want to do, they're very good on the defensive end. To me, that was more about Buffalo being really good than it was Los Angeles not being very good. Now, Los Angeles has depleted from last year. You can see that. They had some things go their way to win that Super Bowl. Um, But having said that, Buffalo is the – Right now, the class of the AFC. Yeah. They're clearly uh, the best team on the field. Uh, and, and they dominate Los Angeles in that opening uh, night of the season. It was a good game. I mean, from the perspective of getting to see a very good football team do what they do and execute. Yeah. At a high level. I, I, for the Rams, um, I don't have much to say other than Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford. And what I mean by that is I told people when he got there, yes, he won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams, not because he was just a good quarterback, but because he was finally with the team, a full team of players. That could compliment Yes. And he's going to the Hall of Fame with yeah. his stats, and now he's got a Super Bowl. Yeah. And we're not knocking Matt Stafford. He's a Texas product. Yeah. But you could see Thursday night, that, hey, maybe with some of those pieces gone and now it's just Cooper Cup, you don't have OBJ, you don't have any really other options there. Yeah. If you can't get that run game going, you're in trouble. Yeah. But another thing with the Rams, okay, because this is another thing that was uh, trending, um, is, listen, Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. 
versus the versus uh Trayvon Diggs talk. Now, and people were, you know, saying, and I agree, is you know, Jalen Ramsey did not have a good game against the Buffaloes, Buffalo Bills. He did not have a good game. Uh, he gave up a lot of yards and some touchdowns. And the sl- the thing was, the slander was, and the trendy thing was, if that had been Trayvon Diggs from the Dallas Cowboys, you would have never heard the end of it. Right. But since it was Jalen Ramsey, it's sort of like everybody just brushes, oh, well, they're still a good team. They're still good. They're still well, but good. But that's because everybody wants to hate on the Cowboys. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that's, that gets old. I mean, I get, you know, it's America's team. Everybody's going to. But I think it gets old. At some point, you have to give Dallas players their due diligence. You have to you have to but, give but, them But on the flip side, props. there's some players that aren't very good that we think are great because they play for the Cowboys. Yeah, but okay. It's a two-edged sword in Dallas. Yeah. But I'm but what I'm saying is with Trayvon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey, two arguably right now two of the best corners in the NFL. Yeah, right? Trayvon's in that conversation. Yeah. So but he gets way too much slander versus if um Jalen Ramsey was to do uh, any was to do just as bad as him, you would hear more about Trayvon Diggs than you would about Jalen oh, Ramsey. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because that comes down to people wanting to hate on the Cowboys. Yeah, like and just, I, as a as Dallas Cowboys, I mean, I know this is my opinion probably won't change anything, if not at all. But at some point, you have to just, like, come on, man, grow up. Let, now, let's be real about the situation. Jalen Ramsey's good, but Jalen Ramsey also has bad games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trayvon Diggs had a good game last night. You know, uh, I didn't see too many other than, and when they did throw his way, they I didn't he didn't give up any scores. But it was a lot that happened last night with their other corners. Yeah. Uh, but that's another conversation. But Trayvon Diggs had a good game. Uh, Dallas defense as a whole had a good game. Uh, but I don't know. But in the Buffalo Bills. Like I told you team earlier. To beat yeah, right. right. Team, team, yeah. team to knock them off. Uh, Baker loses his much-watched and much-anticipated revenge game in overtime. Should have won that ball game. Thought he was going to win that ball game. And then the Carolina defense kind of falls apart on the back end of that. Would have gotten more attention, more eyes on if Deshaun Watson had been playing. Right. Hey, right. but on the bright side, we hadn't had to talk about Deshaun Watson in a couple, three weeks. Nobody has, man. I, I think he's just laying low. Finally, finally, yeah. learned his lesson. Probably sleeping uh, at night, yeah. too, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, now, Monday night, tonight, uh, the showdown is Russell Wilson facing his former team, the Seahawks. And, That's really interesting. I mean, yeah. yeah, but you're talking about a disaster in Seattle. They can't do anything. <laughs> but they got their coach. They got their coach. Yeah. Okay. He's not their quarterback. They've got their coach. Hey, and I was is Geno Smith starting that game? Yeah, I think Geno's going to start. Beats out Drew Locke, who they coveted so much they traded Russell Wilson. But, you know, they got their coach. And, I mean, Wilson was ticked. I mean, there was a lot going on behind the scenes in Seattle there. He, he it was like, listen, Pete's got to go. There's got to be some roster deconstruction for reconstruction. I mean, there was this whole deal going on behind the scenes in Seattle, and he's like, yeah, just 
trade me. <laughs> just, just get me out of here. Uh, so that'll that'll be a good good game to watch. In other just kind of off the field news. Um, let's see, Lamar Jackson now declines an extension. What? I thought this is what he wanted. Well, let me let me. It's not exactly. Or a new contract, rather, I guess. Well, he wants a new contract. But what he was offered was not to his liking. Let me pull this up. Uh, let's see. So, because there's a couple of different reports out there. Okay, so, an ESPN source stated that Lamar Jackson declined the Ravens' $250 million extension offer because he wants a a deal that's fully guaranteed at signing. Okay, and this goes back to the Kyler Murray thing. Mm. So, the Ravens, and and that goes back to Deshaun Watson, remember, because Deshaun Watson got all that guaranteed money. So, they said that, you know, he said, listen, this is what I want, Ravens balked at, and so they're like, we're not going to talk to you until the end of the season. Mm. So then Lamar Jackson addresses it. Now, now get this too. This is by this is what I'm saying. This was one of those situations we had to kind of piece it together with different sources. Bleacher Report then comes out following the ESPN bombshell. Yeah. Bleacher Report comes out and says that not only did he reject it, but that the contract included 160 to 180 million dollars of guaranteed money. That's Kyler Murray stuff. Yeah. Okay. He said no. Then he addresses it. Uh, let's see here. I'm, I'm pulling up where he addresses it, and this is what he had to say. Uh, he confirmed that he declined the extension offer, and he did uh, confirm that the guarantee money was roughly between 160 and 180 million dollars. He was then asked by ESPN's Diane Russini if he will ride his current contract out all season, to which he replied, we'll see. It's too much. Okay. Because I was going to say something nice about him until now. He had a heck of a game yesterday. You know, I'll give him that. I'll go ahead and give him that. He had a really good game yesterday. But the thing is... Lamar, and Jackson's representing himself, by the way. Lamar. Lamar Jackson. You're asking for money that... I mean, come on. It, at this point, it's not even about playing ability. He's asking for money based off of what everybody else is getting. It's about clout. Yes. He wants to be paid. He wants to be hot. And that's not right. You should be able. You get paid for what you're able to do. It and at this point, but that's what the NFL's come to. Everybody wants the con, the next contract. They that, say, okay, well, if that guy got signed, then I need one bigger than his. Well, somebody needs to step up and say, you're not worth that. Like yeah. you're not on his level. But uh, now, okay, I still disagree with the whole Deshaun. So uh, all these quarterbacks were mad because Deshaun Watson got all this guaranteed money. And he hadn't played in two years. I understand. that. So, I, I mean, it's the Browns' fault, but somebody's got to man up and tell these guys, listen, just because they're dumb doesn't mean we are. Yeah. But still, even then, with Deshaun Watson, he's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, even though we haven't played in two years. 
I agree. He, he's a better overall quarterback. Lamar, this goes back to that report that came out before the season, though, where, you know, it was like, Lamar's not even the top five quarterback. He's just a top five athlete. Right. And it goes back to that. But I don't understand why all of a sudden now you want all this guaranteed money and $180 million guarantees not enough for you. So, and then the we'll see. Like, what are you going to do? You going to walk out? Or are you going to shut it down and say, I'm not going to play anymore for Baltimore? Give me a contract or else? I mean, I, and it was a self-imposed, like he imposed the Friday deadline. By the way. I, that's interesting. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Got to scare him. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, no, but dead. who's the backup in Baltimore? Yeah. Like, you got the Des, you got the Jerry Jones and Des Bryant this thing. Yeah, catch them on court. Yeah, we're just gonna release you. (laughs) That'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, Then, okay, you talked about Jimmy G. There was a report over the weekend that if he had become a free agent, Los Angeles wanted to pick him up and make him the backup. So there were some suitors out there. If he became a free agent, nobody just it was just nobody wanted to trade for him. He agrees to that restructured one-year contract with uh, San Francisco. Trey Lance doesn't have the greatest debut, so we'll have to wait and see there. But if you're the Cowboys, make the phone call. <laughs> like, he's better than Cooper Rush. Obviously. He's better than Ben DiNucci. I mean, he's better than these players. I don't know, man. I think uh, I would like Jimmy G to come on to Dallas. We need a good But this is the thing, again – it's not about him coming or not coming to the Dallas Cowboys. It's about the Dallas Cowboys that failed at the backup quarterback position for the last seven years. Yo, are, are you telling me? Other than uh, Andy Dalton. But that turned out to be a disaster yeah. because nobody wanted to support him. Yeah. He imploded. And so, you you telling me you failed to get anybody worth having as a back backup quarterback. They could actually win games. Yes, and, I, and this is this isn't just happening in Dallas. This is all over the NFL because you have a lot of teams now that are once they found that franchise franchise quarterback. Well, no, it's it's happened for years. Like they're gonna play forever. Yeah, like we're putting all our tokens in this one guy, and then boom, that guy gets out, gets hurt. He's out for either the season or. Uh, Multiple weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me. But who is your backup quarterback? Oh, well, nobody knows. Who's this guy? Nobody's heard of him. Where'd he come from? Oh, I don't know. One of the small co- You don't have anybody worth putting a confidence in because you kind of kick the stone around on picking up a solid backup quarterback. And now Dallas is having to deal with that because you let go of all three of your quarterbacks. A backup yeah. quarterback. And then sign, re-sign the worst one. Yeah. What did they see in preseason that said, man, he's the best one we got? Been, well, since last year, there's been this love affair with Cooper Rush. And I understand it. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. But what about Jimmy? Why is nobody interested in Jimmy G? What is it about him that everybody's like, well, if they cut you, we'll sign you. But we're not going to trade for you. Like, why? Especially, he's an upgrade in Seattle. He can start in Seattle. Okay, he he's arguably an upgrade in New York for the Giants. 
Yeah, well, it's not arguably. He is. A well, I mean, I say arguably because you really don't know what they want to do system wise. But I mean, he okay, should well, be well, upgrade well, over there. He's he's better than Daniel Jones as far as being a field general. It's just about okay, does he fit your system? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he. Uh, the the kid that plays for uh, Houston. Oh man, I can't even think of his name. Uh. It's a, uh, what is his name? I can't think of his name. Give me a second. I'm going to look him up. That shows you how much we watch the Texans. <laughs> I watched the end people, of their game. People in Houston watch the Texans. Yeah, but I watched the end of their game. They tied. 20-20. <laughs> to Lovey making his Texans head coaching. I will watch and support the Texans only because of Lovey Smith. Yeah. That's it. But, um... I, that's a good question. Why don't nobody want Jimmy G? What's so wrong with him? I mean, he led the team to a freaking what was that? Uh, he he led him to a Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. He he had the opportunity to make the Super Bowl again this past year. Yeah. Uh, Davis Mills. I'm sorry. Davis Mills. Davis Mills is a talented young guy, but I mean, not better than Jimmy G in my opinion. I always wonder if there's any calls being made right now in the Dallas office, in the front office. Or if there's any call. Well, it, uh, Seattle plays nice, so there's no calls being made probably about any situation. Probably not to after tonight, depend, uh, depending on how they play. Yeah. But um, Jimmy G would be a great fit for Dallas right now. I Listen, Cooper Rush did it once. He's, he's done it again. And he came in with the Dallas as a rookie, and he showed great potential. You know, this guy's good. You know, we, we have a good, solid back of quarterback. Then the second year, yeah. who the heck, what's going on? <laughs> what, yeah, like, why what's is he holding on? on to the ball so much? He's just taking hits. And then the, they let him go. He goes to the Giants. He plays a little bit with the Giants. They let him go. Comes back to the Cowboys last, uh, last season and does good. Okay, no, man, he's back. You know, yeah. this is what we see rookie season. He's back. Then comes back this season, preseason. What the heck is this? Yeah. He's doing the same thing he did. So it's like a boom, boom. It's like he's good, then he's bad. And he's, oh, he's good again. Now he's bad again. So Just make that, a phone call. Yeah, that's all Jerry needs to do. But Jerry is. But no, it's not even it's the Jones family. Oh, okay. Well, you say like, yeah. According, according, to, the according, media, yeah, according to the it's media, it's just the Jones family, family, the Joneses, and Dallas Cowboys. Well, the Joneses need to make a phone call. <laughs> I don't care if it's Mama Jones, Papa Jones, Son Brother Jones, Jones, Sister Jones, <laughs> whoever need to make a phone call and say, "Listen, we're in a pickle right now." So as we always do, we wrap up our show with NBA. Uh, so another oh, season report. should be starting this soon. Yeah, season's coming up. But interesting, a couple of interesting reports. The first one, Steph Curry was asked about bringing KD back. He said, yes, we were interested. <laughs> so if the Warriors made a phone call, why is KD still in Brooklyn? Do you think he really wants to go back there? I mean, he was throwing a lot of verbal bouquets out to Draymond Green and that little bromance. I still want to know what was said. What made them both stay? To say, you know what, we'll stay. Him and Kyrie. What was said? What was done? And what's the back? Like, who's in charge? Yeah. Because you want, you want, you wanted, uh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You want him out of, Steve Nash. I almost said Steve Kerr. 
<laughs> uh, you want Steve Nash out of there. But then he gets to stay. But yet... Uh, there has to be some kind of particular agreement between the three. <laughs> about how this season's going to end. And the uh, front off, yeah. All we can say is keep your eyes on Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. It should be a circus. You may not win games, but by golly, it'll be a show. <laughs> uh, All right? Then Russell Westbrook says he's very open to a trade. Again? So, yeah. Very open. Very so, wait a minute. Well, I, I thought him and I thought him and Pat, Pat Bev, no, they were he, buddy buddying up. Okay, but did you hear what Pat Beverly said in his press conference? Oh yeah, I was gonna get to that. Yeah, he he took a shot at. He wasn't lying, even though they lying. were it was a play in game. But, but still, but, but, that's not how you want to start out. But okay, but I like it. It's you know, LeBron, but it's LeBron. I get team. it, but I like it. I like the edginess. That's what they need. That's the, but they, they they need guys to realize what their role is. And the problem is that they've got about four or five who think that they're the guy and they're not the guy. But he was being honest. But he, somebody's just man up and say, really, this should be AD's team. We're all going to back up. It's AD. supposed to be AD's team. But it's not. It's still LeBron's. But you know LeBron's, why it's not? Why it's LeBron's? Because AD slacked off the second year. And AD can't stay healthy. Exactly. But it's also because LeBron just can't keep his mouth shut. He wants to play with Bronny so bad. Get that. Go to college and play with him. But but Westbrook didn't just say, I want to get traded. It's I'm very open. Very open. I'm just open. Very open. Who paid you all this money? You better stay. You better stay. But, but yeah. But Pat Bev, I, I, I... I like what he said because I know it's media. Media asks questions like that, but he answered honestly. Listen, because you have to get to the point where it's no longer just, oh, you get to play with LeBron. Well, I'm in the NBA as well as he is. He get to play. play Yeah, they didn't make the play. They get to play with me. You know, it's the same. It it can go either way, and and, and you have to stop putting it that way because he's LeBron James. He's LeBron James. Just be respectful to the rest of these players. He get to play with me as well as I get to play with him. Listen, you know, it's all the same. Let's not get too full with our pockets. And let's yeah. let's keep it how, real. Let's keep it how it is. He, he playing with me too. So. so the season's about to get kicked up, so we're going to have plenty of coverage of those games. Yeah. I can't uh, wait to cover all, LA, man. Yeah, all the storylines going on there. And Brooklyn. Yeah. Parody galore in the NFL. There's no great team other than Buffalo. <laughs> High schools in shambles a little bit. Yeah. College. All over the place as of week two. What a time to be covering sports. <laughs> and we just started, decided to start a business. <laughs> <laughs> All in the yeah. middle of this. But um, on a more serious note, guys, keep up with us on TikTok. Good old sports. Uh, keep keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, all those things. We're, we're refining the content other than just the show that we're putting out. So be looking for all that. Be, be excited because uh, we're, we're getting out more and more, getting more access, getting more coverage out there to you. Hope you're enjoying the show. Give us a shout-out. You know, uh, Tell us what, what you think on some of these things. We would love to hear from you. We're going to be starting to add some guests here to the show pretty soon probably to get some, some live interviews in. And, and so we're excited about it. Keep listening, and we'll see you next week.